Hello, I'm Claire Sands, co-host of The Silent Why, although I actually do most of the work behind the scenes as well. But every week I write a blog for our website and then I read it as a podcast episode like this one. And they're called My Whys. If hearts were on sleeves. A couple of weekends ago I was chatting to my brother-in-law, who is an anaesthetist and works with hearts. The fancy name for this is cardiology. Cardi meaning heart, ology meaning the study of. And it struck me that on a day-to-day basis, he literally gets to see people's hearts. He gets to see the very thing that keeps us humans alive. Now, on a medical level, the heart is a pump, beating to a steady rhythm that sends blood and oxygen through our body. It's an organ that we all need, can't do without. We all have one. Some people even have someone else's. The first human-to-human transplant was done as far back as 1967. That must have been a pretty amazing day. And there's currently a man in America who has lived for a couple of weeks with a genetically modified heart from a pig. Isn't it amazing what man can work out how to do? Ethical issues aside for those of you with questions about the pig. And like everything in the body, the heart can get sick in many ways. Excuse my basic terms for these. It can beat wrong. It can lose its rhythm. It can stop. It can get blocked. It can get its pressures all wrong. It can become weak. It can get diseased. And the saddest sounding one of all, it can fail. But more often in our lives, we hear the heart referred to as a symbol of love. There are a lot of theories as to why this is, and when I searched for an answer and it started going back as far as the ancient Greeks, I decided there probably was no definitive answer I could find quickly. As a side note, I did discover that the ancient Romans believed a vein went directly from the heart to the fourth finger on the left hand, we now know this is incorrect, and this is why they placed a ring on that finger of the bride to represent marriage. I thought that was quite sweet. Nothing more attractive than a big old long vein. Then there's all the ways the word heart has made it into our day-to-day expressions. Observe this natty paragraph that I wrote to put them all together. Chris has such a big heart. He's young at heart, after my own heart. A heart of gold, not a heart of stone. He's all heart, but at heart, he's unwilling to bear his heart. Maybe he has a bleeding heart, which breaks my heart. I know him by heart, he stole my heart, and will always be dear to my heart. I don't have the heart to tell him, even though it would do his heart good. Even though I'm faint of heart, he found a way into my heart, and I will follow my heart, even if it hardens my heart, because my heart is set on one thing, and my heart goes out to him. My heart is in my mouth, even though I know my heart is in the right place. When I get to the heart of the matter, our hearts and minds are aligned. And my heart's desire, what makes my heart skip a beat, even though it also makes my heart heavy, is that I cannot deny the affairs of my heart. I mustn't lose heart, because from the bottom of my heart, in my heart of hearts, even if it melts my heart or nearly gives me a heart attack, my heart bleeds for him to open his heart, and out of the kindness of his heart, pour out his heart and not strike fear into my heart. I cross my heart, and I must take heart, and not take it to heart. I will eat my heart out, to my heart's content, to warm the cockles of my heart, and not let my heart sink." Did you realise we used that word so often? And that's not even all of the expressions I found. Sometimes we reference the heart when we see someone who's really passionate about a particular interest instead. It could be said of my mum that she has a heart for Bangladesh, and she works to eliminate blindness in children out there through her charity, Vision for Bangladesh. Quick plug there. It could also be said of my dad, and my husband, that they have a heart for muffins. And so many of our English words come from links to the heart, Susie Dent, an English lexicographer that I've referred to before, tweeted these word origins a few years ago. Courage came from the meaning strength of heart, 
Cordial means from the heart. Discord means hearts apart. Concord means hearts together. So I started thinking about the physical hearts that are on show when a surgeon opens up a chest and the intangible thing that is portrayed as the centre of us and everything we hold dear. One expression caught my attention most. A description of someone who doesn't hide their emotions. Wearing your heart on your sleeve. Used mostly as a negative term. Oh, so-and-so. Yes, she wears her heart on her sleeve, that one. When a patient is on the operating table and their chest is cracked open to expose their heart, there's not much in life more vulnerable than that moment. And you know you're in a vulnerable position when just an ill-timed sneeze with a hot cup of tea could literally end your life. So is having your heart on display a good thing or a bad thing? Not the physical heart, the metaphorical heart. Having your physical heart on display is definitely a bad thing and you should really see someone about that. I think it probably has its good points and bad points. Let's walk it out. Imagine we all wear our hearts on our sleeves. Let's imagine it's the real physical heart, but don't worry, it's all plumbed in right and still keeps us alive. It just happens to sit on top of our clothes somehow for everyone to see. Pumping away, quite happily. This heart represents everything we've come to know the heart as. All your emotions, feelings, passions and desires, they're all there for people to see. Initially, I imagine this is a bit like walking around with no trousers on. People are going to stare. So let's imagine it's the norm for us all for the moment. So here we all are walking around with a beating lump of flesh on our sleeve, perfectly normal. What's the downside of this scenario? Apart from the big bit of flesh on your sleeve. Well, everyone can see each other's hearts. Awkward if you're in love with someone who doesn't know, or if you're trying to hide your passion for stamps. If you've got bigger issues that you're trying to ignore and don't want to deal with, then having others constantly pointing it out that you might want to get that looked at is going to cause some friction somewhere along the line. So you might start to try and hide it, Avoiding people, becoming defensive, growing angry. And if you lash out, there's a chance you might damage someone else's heart in the process. And this might cause guilt or a responsibility to fix it. Having a damaged heart on view also makes you a target for those that might want to abuse your vulnerability or take advantage of you, knowing you're not in a good place. And if you realise that, it creates stress and mistrust. All this can elicit strong responses from others as they respond to your emotions, which is hard on you and them. The flip side of this, it's easier to assess the health of your heart. You can see that it's the right pinky, purpley colour. It's beating as it's supposed to, and there's blood moving in and out. It looks like it's doing its thing. With it on view like this, it's easy to check the health of it and notice very early on if something doesn't seem right. Because your heart is on view, you can't suppress your emotions, meaning that mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, it's healthier for you. This can free up the tension and anxiety that we carry, because we're naturally sharing our feelings with others and being open about how we feel, which helps communication and builds empathy on both sides. If we don't let other people know how we feel, we won't get the support we need. It's even been said that sharing in this way is more likely to get your needs met in life, so you're less likely to adopt addictive behaviours like overeating, gambling, drugs, physical self-harm, etc. As my grandma used to say, there's nothing for the dumb, dear. Sadly, the word dumb, which used to mean unable to speak, has been twisted to mean stupid, so that phrase will no doubt be seen as rude and die out now, but she was basically saying, if you don't ask, you don't get. And there's something to be said for that with emotions too. Wearing your heart on your sleeve means you don't need to ask people. They can already see what you need. On the other side though, if your heart is on your sleeve, it's going to get bumped, scratched, dented, bruised and battered. Someone in the office will eventually accidentally paper cut it. Someone on the tube will get thrown into you when the train stops abruptly and it will bruise. 
The rose bush you have to brush past to get your bike into the shed will scratch it. The cold will freeze it, the heat will burn it, and annoyingly, little children will eventually poke it and it will get sticky. So it needs some sort of protection. So someone's going to design a heart defender or a heart protector or a heart box or something. I can see the ads now. Protecting your heart from attack. The box will be opaque so you can hide your damaged heart away, or maybe see-through to let others see in. And you'll have the option of conveniently hiding your heart away under chintz, ditzy, floral or checked fabric. All of a sudden everyone's hearts will be hidden under marketing and people are able to go around looking on top of the world with a heart that's dying under a geometric pattern. I did another blog previously called Guard Your Heart, Not Just Your Hair. This focused on the importance of being wise with what we let in and out of our hearts. I think this follows on from that. Our hearts do need protection of some kind. It's not good to have them just out and about flapping in the wind for all to see and for the bruises to follow. But equally, locking them away so no one can see anything is not healthy either. It makes it too easy to hide what we're really going through and turn to other unhealthy ways of coping. Overall, I think sharing our hearts is a good thing, but very difficult for some of us. Sadly, we can't just ask someone to open our chest, take a look at our actual heart and assess the damage, see what needs fixing and tell us what to do. We have to work it out for ourselves, and sometimes just even getting in touch with our own hearts is really hard. Personally, I've found this a difficult journey to navigate. Being open about how I feel all the time doesn't help me always move forward and strengthen myself. If I'm faced with a situation where my heart is sad because I don't have my own children, but I'm around someone celebrating theirs, what good does it do to show that sadness and squash their joy? Yet if I always hide those feelings and never let them out, what will fester away inside me undealt with that will no doubt appear in some other way? As with everything in life, it's a balance, but overall I think you're better off wearing your heart closer to the surface. Not buried down deep and not out in the elements, but just under the skin, so people can see it beating, can see what's written on it, see if it needs help and know when it's failing. And for times or situations when you need to guard it a bit more closely, have some heart armour. Harmour, if you will. But don't leave it on all the time. Only you will know which end of the spectrum you sit on. Do you need to bring your heart in a bit more because it's causing you pain when you put everything out there all the time for others to deal with? Do you need to bring your heart to the surface a bit more and just show one person or a small part of it to start the journey towards a healthier heart? Maybe your heart needs a defibrillator right now, a jolt to get you back on the right path that you were supposed to be following. Maybe your heart's yearning for something or longing to do something, you're denying it, and now is the time to listen. Maybe you need more. Maybe you need full-blown heart surgery, and that needs a specialist. So you need to go and seek the help that you need that you've been putting off. What changes do you need in your heart? I'm not going to tell you to follow your heart entirely. Emotions can't always be trusted and they can rule the heart. Vincent van Gogh said, I put my heart and my soul into my work and I have lost my mind in the process. Use your mind as well. Your mind knows what your heart needs and it's probably the thing that you don't want to do right now. And there are other factors to consider. How you were brought up, how your parents dealt with these things, what generation you are, what gender you are, what your circles of friends look like. All these things build the unique character of you and so your heart. And how you deal with it is completely unique too. Which can be frustrating as there's no one way to fix it. But it's also a comfort because it means what you're feeling is something no one else has experienced or been through so it's valid. And the right support will help you to the place you want to be. Whether that's doing the work alone or with others or professionals. Sometimes the heart leads you places that don't make a lot of sense, but the mind has a peace about it. They're not at war with one another, and that can lead you to some beautiful places. Blaise Pascal says, The heart has its reasons. 
of which reason knows nothing. Starting this podcast and finishing the novel I've written hasn't made me a penny. No reason it should have. Which will seem a weird thing to be working on full-time for some, but I love meeting people around the world through the podcast. I love the privilege of hearing their stories of loss, the way they let me into the pain in their hearts and the joy they've found through their losses. I love writing fiction. I love writing other people's hearts and their pain and triumphs. I love expression through words. I've discovered these are the things that make my heart sing. And it's worth more than money to me. Although I definitely want some of that at some point. Girl cannot live on bread alone. What makes your heart sing? What is it screaming at you right now? What are you ignoring? A healthy heart is important. And only you can know what yours needs to feel truly healthy. I have a Nelson Mandela quote on the wall in my writing room that I've had for years. It's been faded by the sun, but it says everything about why I've always wanted to write, and it mentions the heart. A good head and a good heart are always a formidable combination. But when you add to that a literate tongue or pen, then you have something very special. I believe great writing always has a great heart behind it. I don't believe it's possible to write a good heart in a character without having one inside the writer somewhere. Even if it's buried too far for others to see, it somehow finds a way out through the pen. That's why I love to look up who wrote the script or the screenplay for characters I'm taken in with on TV and films. I know I've seen a glimpse of that person's heart, and it's very special. I'll finish with a quote from Helen Keller, who was deaf and blind, but learned to communicate. And she said this, I used to wish that I could see pictures with my hands as I do statues, but now I do not often think about it because my dear father has filled my mind with beautiful pictures, even of things I cannot see. If the light were not in your eyes, dear Mr Brooks, you would understand better how happy your little Helen was when her teacher explained to her that the best and most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen nor even touched, but just felt with the heart. Every day I find out something which makes me glad.